1: Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. Be upon you. My name is David Fournier, senior instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're joining us in your live or on archive, thank you so much. I want to take a moment here at the top of the show to uh, send our condolences to the the, uh, Curly family. Uh, Chance Curly passed away today and add the disc golf advocate, a friend. Uh, Chance was always great to me. We were on or around the same age, so we wound up playing on a few cards together. Uh, because they like to keep these slower old guys out there together. Always a positive attitude, always has some catchy phrase that he would pop off with. I know the community suffering, but we need to remember that uh, his time of suffering has passed. Tonight I will light the Yatsarit candle, the memorial candle. It will burn throughout the night uh, in his memory. And for those of you that have suffered loss, um, I want to tell you that as a society – And sometimes as a religion and Christianity, we do a poor job with mourning. Uh, We need to allow people to mourn, uh, to feel the way they feel. Uh, There's no, hey, can you get over it? How long should I feel like this? Um, Your heart, your soul will tell you how long. Uh, From things that are horrible, horrific tragedies to just somebody who just passes quietly in the night of old age, ready for the next life. However it happens, take the time you need to mourn. Uh, take that time, and always remember, as we get ready to get started here, always remember, if you have something to say, if there's somebody you need to make something right with, if there's a conversation that needs to go on, today's that day. Don't put it off. Uh, we have the present. That's what we have. Now, in the cornerstone teaching of Kabbalah, in the cornerstone teaching of understanding the idea of tikkun and correction and Klipot and all the things we talk about, is the concept of darkness and light. And I saw an interesting question uh, posted on Facebook, and it was mostly interesting because of the kind of question that it was, but it was even more interesting because of the person who asked it. Um, but it had to do with the idea why. Why God would allow evil to be in the world? Why does Hashem allow suffering or pain uh, to be part of the of the world? Why isn't it just always uh, Without evil, without pain, without suffering. We're going to talk about that. And Kabbalah has a very uh, difficult but very serious thing to say about this light and dark, and we're going to talk about that here. Now, we'll do something a little bit unusual. We're going to say the Zohar verse for a little bit towards the end because I want to track through the Bible's book that most people are very familiar with, a couple of Old Testament scriptures and a couple of New Testament scriptures um, to show that this concept of light and darkness. It has been going on in the the scriptures forever. I'm not talking 100 years ago. I'm talking 3,400 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. However old you may think these scriptures may be, the concept of light and darkness is there. But darkness is simply the absence of light. It's not the other way around. I want to say that again. Darkness is simply the absence of light. It's not the other way around. You could turn on lights. You can't turn on darkness. And I'll make more sense in a little bit. But some of our greatest victories, and I want you to really think about this, but some of our greatest victories, some of our deepest transformations, our most meaningful spiritual moments occur in overcoming darkness. It occurs in, in the battle of adjusting ourselves, doing our correction, working hard, finding out who we are in the grand picture of, of things that are going on. It's about overcoming darkness. Darkness that exists in our life. Darkness that exists in the world around us, darkness that people are trying to introduce into our lives. And it's strange to me. And when something's strange to me, that means it must be really strange. But it's strange to me that we work so hard to pretend that we didn't go through this process. I talk to so many people who seem to have forgotten. That they were actually really nasty people before they got into Kabbalah, before they became Christians, before they began seeking the path, before they started doing correction. They act like they've just been great their whole life. We are all deeply flawed people, and I want to make sure that you hear me say this. I am a deeply flawed person. You can look at, at, at what I do, what Rabbi does, what, and he'll tell you himself what pastors do, apostles, all these different people. These are people who are really striving, men and women who are really striving, God bless you, the, the, the teachers that gather together to learn to do the right things. But at the end of the day, we are still deeply flawed people that have had a past and we've battled through that past and we need to stop making excuses for our past and pretending, all oh, that didn't really happen. That didn't really happen. It happened. And in part of my past, And the things I've been through and part of your past and the things you've been through are what have made you what you are today, how you see the world, how you interact in the world, spiritually, your worldview. I I won't apologize for what's happened to me in my past or what's happening to me in my life right now because of the greatness of things that have been brought into my life to help me overcome those things. And I'm not talking about some, like – Overcoming some vague sense of darkness, know, so people are always talking about like some mysterious opponent that's wandering around out there, and they got all kinds of cool phrases for him. I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about the fact that you have an opponent. You have an opponent. Jesus, in his, one of his comments in the New Testament writing, said the, the thief, this opponent, has come to steal, kill, and destroy you. I don't know about you, but this does not sound like a very friendly person. Um, but we've got to learn in this to bring light out of our own situations. Now, the concept of light and darkness runs through the entire uh, entire story of the Bible, entire story of scriptures. We talked about this minute ago. I just want to give you a few examples because we simply don't have the time to list them all. But let's start with one that everybody knows: Genesis chapter one, verse one through four. In the beginning. That's the Hebrew word, Bereshit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, then God said. By the way, there are ten utterances that God makes during creation. Maybe someday we'll talk about that. Let there be light, and there was light. Verse number four, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So when we think of the very creation of the world, what was first, light or darkness? Verse two says that darkness covered the surface of the deep, and the deep. And it wasn't until God created light that light overcame the darkness. Exactly the picture of our lives. We're born With a basic set of needs and a basic set of understandings, but we're kind of like in the dark. We think that our parents must be nice people because they're the ones that take care of us and feed us and and clean up our, our messes that we make when we're little. But later we find out that that's just part of the process. So we start in kind of this place of darkness, and eventually the light that's already inside, that's already been created, the soul that has the image of God, the light of God, the creation of God in it, begins to come out. Darkness is formed first, and it's interesting that right after it says right, – right where it's talking about darkness, it talks about they're not – it is formless and void. Darkness in people is formless and void. This is why you must be – side note, totally free part of the lesson here. You don't even have to pay for this part. You need to watch out for people. The, the, the new phrase everybody says is energy vampires. I really, really believe in energy vampires because the, uh, the apostle paul wrote about having a form they're, they're, they're like clouds that have a form about them uh they have but there's no rain there's no water there's no value in them they're, they're void and formless that's what they are void and formless but remember that the light is listed as good Now, light, by the way, becomes a separation between itself and darkness. When you show forth light, you're turning out the darkness. I want to jump to Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 2, a very popular portion of Scripture uh, that deals with the idea of the coming of the Messiah. But what's this Messiah going to do? Isaiah chapter 9. You're going to have to wait till I turn there, so just be patient. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 9. Verse number two, people say, why don't you write the verses out ahead of time and have on a piece of paper? I like thumbing through my Bible. So you're just stuck with it. Isaiah chapter nine, verse number two, the people are talking about the coming of the Messiah. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, and those who live in a dark land, that light will shine on them. The birth and reign of the, of the Messiah begins with an illumination of the light. The very idea that Messiah has been born to us, that has been given to us, and he is coming to bring what? I'm coming to bring light to people who walk in darkness. I'm coming to have a light to shine on you that live in a dark land. I want to tell you right now that it is super important that our communication with each other, our communication with the people around us, the people at work, people that you want to share your life with, uh, you're sharing what you've learned in Kabbalah, if you're a Christian, what you've learned about Jesus – Stop making it about condemnation and hatred and all the things that you think God hates and talk about, hey, here's something I found of value, maybe you will too. Share the light. Because in that sense, we're most like the spirit of Messiah. The start of any meaningful transformation, the start of any meaningful revival, the start of any meaningful thing that happens in your soul will start with the light. Now we'll jump forward to the New Testament documents, and I'm almost done here, so bear with me. Luke chapter 1, verse 79. One of the temple priests is beginning to prophesy about the Messiah. Now, by the way, now we're close. Jesus is almost being born at Bethlehem at this point. And he says this about Messiah: to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. To shine Upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. We've heard that shadow of death remark before. It's one of the most popular psalms, Psalms 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The whole point of the spiritual pursuit is the illumination of light because people are simply in the dark. I hear people all the time talking about how nasty people are, how bad people are. And believe me, there are nasty and bad people, but some people simply just don't see it because there's no light there. The purpose of the light, by the way, is to shine upon those who are in darkness. Now, let me ask you this. Where do you most need light? In a dark place. I don't know about you, but when nighttime comes and I go to bed at night, I turn off of the lights in my house, but I don't turn them all off. There will always be that one light that will give me the sanctified path to the bathroom. Because the one thing I don't want to be doing at 3 o'clock in the morning at my old age is stumbling around the house in the dark trying to find the bathroom. What's the purpose of light? To shine where it's dark. It's amazing to me that most church programs, most church people, most church songs, most church efforts are done on Sunday morning in a building that's already got the lights on. And they're not taking the message out to the darkness. Okay, that was just a kick in the pants for somebody else. We'll move on. Acts 26. Some of you guys are going to hear more Bible verses tonight. you hear in a whole week. Acts chapter 26. The Apostle Paul is recount is, is retelling his conversion experience. And he actually makes the claim that Jesus said unique words to him that are not recorded in, in the Gospels. But in, in Acts chapter 26, verse number 18, Paul says Jesus told him this. Here's your mission, Paul. I want you to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light. From the dominion of Asatan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who've been sanctified by me. Change from darkness to light and from the dominion of Asatan or Satan to God. These are some extremely powerful verses that talk about this light and darkness. This vision that Paul has concerning his calling, his mission, words that he attributes to the mouth of Jesus are to remove darkness to light and to transfer the kingdom identity and kingdom loyalty so that people will get out of the darkness and into the light. I keep saying this over and over again because this is a super significant part of the conversation. From the creation of the world to the prophecy of Messiah to... The New Testament, the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament, understanding of his mission and his calling, light and darkness are a very important concept. But here's where the Zohar – I love the Zohar. Here's where the Zohar takes it for a twist. Why do we have this darkness? In Zohar, it's going to be uh, – for those of you who have the English Zohar, it's going to be volume 12. portion. Uh, the portion is tesera. Um We're going to be reading out of chapter 10. In verse number 86, the words of Torah become clear only there and the only light which, when they come out of darkness. When this side is subdued, the Holy One, blessed be he, he rises and his glory becomes greater. Listen to this. There is no service of the Holy One, blessed be he, except coming out of darkness and no good except coming out from evil. When a person enters the evil way and he leaves it the holy one bless be he rises in his glory. Therefore overall perfection is good and evil together rising to the good forward. The only good is good that emerges from evil and though and through this good the glory of the holy one is elevated this is perfect service. Now For many of you you are listening to that, you're saying, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But think about what he's saying. He's saying that our transformation, coming from what we were to what we shall be, from the way we used to live to the way we live now, from being in the darkness and the dominion of Asetan, being fooled, being fed on, moving into the light is glory. Light is glory to God. Clarity and understanding, they happen during our times of transformation. How many times in your life has something been such a strange, bizarre mystery, something as as small as the way something smells to you, a flower, or a scene in a movie or something, and then somebody says something or or something happens, and suddenly it's like watching these two lining sites just side up with each other, line up perfectly where you've got clarity and understanding. That happens during our times of transformation. Overcoming the evil inclination, clearing out our ego, is what brings God glory. That's what brings God glory. You say, well, wait a minute. Why do we have to work so hard? Why is this Is this so much work? I want to tell you the answer to that. It's a Kabbalistic term called the bread of shame. Now, this bread of shame, by the way, this bread, the bread of shame is anything that you get that you don't earn. Anything that you get that you don't earn. I want to tell you a baseball story. You guys all know I love baseball. You guys know I love baseball. If you have listening to my programs at all, you know I love baseball. You know I love the Boston Red Sox, too, but that's a story for another time. It's a great story, but it's a story from another time. It's a day before the big Little League championship game, and this young man is getting ready to pitch this game, and the pressure's on, and he wakes up the next day, and his dad's going to be there, and his grandfather's going to be there, and the stands are full, and they're pitching this tremendous game. And he gets up there, and he strikes out the side in the first inning, and then the second inning, and they go on and on and on. They get to the last inning, you know, finally the seventh inning of this game, and they wind up getting in, and he strikes out the last guy, and they go on to win, and, and they're carrying him around on the shoulders, and they've won this game, and all these exciting things have happened. All these exciting things have happened. So, you know, anybody knows that if you win a Little League baseball game, you always go to get pizza afterwards, and so they all go to get pizza afterwards, and here's what goes on. The boy is sitting there, and everyone is high-fiving him and telling him how great things are, and he sees his dad off in the corner using a payphone. I don't know how many of you are old enough to uh, think of payphones. I should have said cell phone, but I'm going with payphone on this one. He sees his dad off there. He's doing the payphone thing, and he goes walking. He's, you know what? I'm going to tell my dad how much I appreciate what he's done and the hard work he put in training me and all the things that have gone on. And as he gets closer to it, he realizes that dad has called home to talk to mom, obviously to tell mom what a great job their son has done and what a great pitching. But as he gets closer and he starts listening to what his dad says, he hears his dad say, Yeah, the plan worked perfectly. I met with the other team's coach last night. I paid him a bunch of money. We agreed that he would change the batting lineup around and give us the best possible chance to win the kid finds out that everything that he thought he accomplished was all set up that he he couldn't fail. He only could. He only could win. Getting praise or honor for what you didn't work to accomplish is what kills faith. I mean, now think about it. What's the best possible outcome for this boy? What's the best possible outcome? That's Why we wrestle against the darkness, and that's why we bring the light out from it. The best outcome is that he didn't find out about this in the first place because that was darkness to him. He didn't know. They say what you don't – won't hurt you. That's a lie. That is, to me, the most incredulous lie we tell people. If what you don't know won't hurt you, let me fix it for you. What you don't know will kill you. It'll kill you. True service to God, by the way, is me not marching on my enemies. And me not attacking people for being gay. Me not attacking people for wanting to be married. Or me not attacking all the different things that these people are doing. All the things that everybody's got these problems with out there in society, that's not what it's talking about. That's not true service to God. True service to God's not marching on my enemies. It's transforming darkness out of my own life. Bringing light forward and sharing that light with others, that is true service to God. When we transform and we do the hard work it takes, and I want to say this to you, it's hard work. It's hard work. This is not a Western American evangelical, evangelistic, whatever you want to call it, Christianity, where you just go in and somebody yells at you for 35 minutes and you walk out and feel better. This is every day, every moment, every exchange, every opportunity. When we transform and do the hard work it takes, we create stories of guidance and encouragement that benefit other people. You see, we're here to do two things. We are here to create memories and create opportunities. That's it. Everything else fits inside that plan. We're here to create memories and to create opportunities. We often forget – I know I do. I'm really bad about this. We often forget where we started on our spiritual journey. We often forget that, how much you've learned, how hard you've worked, the ground that you've gained, which is odd because most people I met are only a step or two away from their original starting place. How could you forget? It's right there. Just turn around. They forget because they're not putting in the work. Man, when you gain that ground, when you work hard, when you're a student and you're trying to learn from your teacher, when you're trying to put things into practice, when you're trying to do these things, it is hard work. Be thankful. Thank God. Thank your friends. Thank the people you're around. Thank your teachers. Thank whoever you can find. Be grateful for the ground that you capture. Be grateful for the steps forward that you take. Man, some people pretend like they were never in darkness in the first place. I remember it was great. This guy wanted to kill me afterwards. Maybe it was something I said. I'll tell you what I said. You tell me what. Well, I was talking about Asetan and overcoming evil, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, Brother Dave, I need to talk to you. Any time they start the conversation with the word brother, you're in trouble. Brother Dave, I have to tell you something. I've been a Christian for 35 years. He says, and I've never run into this devil thing you're talking about. I've never run into this Asetan, this opponent that you're talking about And I said well you never run into anything You're running the same way with It's when you turn around And you begin to go against the flow When you stop pretending That you're not in darkness in the first place You start taking the steps towards the light Those steps are painful, they're hard, they're work And believe me you'll feel it Service to the Holy One Service to God And whether you believe in God or not Moving forward in your life It, it, it only comes through transformation we focus on what we do, our acts to please God, but God's focus is on who we are and what we've come through. I want you to listen to this statement. Whatever your name is, whatever your name is, are you listening to the show? You are exactly as God made you. The darkness is the problem, not you. It's not that you. It's not that you don't fit in the world. Is that the world doesn't fit in you because you're a vessel of light for the creator. People say, well, I do this for God. I do that for God. You can pay people a lot of the things that we do in church. You can pay people to do that. Again, bread of shame doesn't do anything for you. But when you see your darkness as your biggest drawback or your biggest hindrance, when you see it that way, when you're always condemning the evil, when you're always saying, why is this in my life, why is it in my life, you are misunderstanding the fact that it provides you with your greatest opportunity for growth. Great Kabbalist, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai said that the greatest illumination of light comes at the greatest moment of darkness. There's a balance. I don't like the balance, by the way. I don't like to read that verse in the Zohar and say that I understand that evil has to exist that that resistance has to be there. There has to be the challenges for us to overcome so that by overcoming those challenges, we grow. I don't want bread of shame. I want to work for it. I want to work for it. The only good, the Zohar said, that that is good to the Holy One is what transforms out of our evil nature. You know that when you performed an act of kindness today, you pleased God. Whether you're being kind to children, whether you're being kind to somebody opening a door, even something as simple as just picking up a piece of trash and throwing it away so the sidewalk looks nice, any kind act you did today, transform that moment of darkness into a moment of light. and it pleased God. This transformation process that's happening inside of you right now is causing elevation. I'm going to tell you that there are going to be people in your life that aren't going to like it. There are going to be people that aren't going to like it because you're going to change. And as you change, you're going to see them differently. You may actually start seeing them for who they really are. And you're going to change how you interact with them because you're going to realize for them it was all about what they could get from you. But for you, it's all about transforming that darkness into light. God has many things to bring in glory. God has many things that bring him glory. The scriptures tell us it doesn't nature itself call out to the glory of God. But his choice is you. Genuine spiritual connection breeds and causes genuine spiritual growth. Remember the the story our parents used to tell us how they used to walk uh, both ways to school in the snow uphill and we used to ourselves that's just not possible. There had to be one of those walks was downhill. Okay? It's not possible. In spiritual life it feels like that all the time. It's just uphill, uphill, uphill. But I want to tell you what my rabbi told me. Yes, David, it's uphill. But you're climbing. I want you to turn around and enjoy the view. There is nothing more important in life than transferring the darkness that's in our souls into light and sharing that light with the people around us that matter. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and whether you uh, join me either live or on Archive, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back soon. Rabbi has been sitting, should be back next Thursday evening uh, with his Torah Treasure show. Again, thank you so much, and God bless.